Hey there. Before we start this episode of Jackson Film Club, the podcast, we wanted to let you know that if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can make a one-time donation using Venmo at JXN Film Club, or you have the option to make uh, recurring donations by visiting our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash JXN Film Club. Thank you for your support. What does Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Will Byers from Stranger Things have in common? I don't know. Both of their names are Will and both their lives got turned upside down. <laughs> Guys, frankly, if I can just be honest, welcome to this episode of Jackson Film Club, the podcast. Hello. I'm joined by my co-host. Michael Lamb. Michael Lamb. And we're joined by, honestly, he might as well have a, a permanent third seat in the studio at this point. <laughs> the guest co-host. Micah Smith. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, hello, and we are starting a new thing here. Uh, this is an, a, an episode where we'll be discussing uh, a topic. And today's topic is good actors in bad movies. Is that the topic that we agreed to? <laughs> I think that sounds fantastic. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, what we've done, we we initially planned on this episode being uh, the three of us plus David Lewis. Uh, Rest in peace. But David couldn't <laughs> be here, uh, unfortunately, uh, f- due to a number of reasons. And uh, so he he has He's got arrested. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not lie about what happened to That's David. Slander. Um, but he, yeah, at he this point, the police don't movies. really know what it was. So yeah, so probably shouldn't. Even do it on the He's got five movies on this list. <laughs> five that we'll save. <laughs> Uh, if we ever come back to this topic again, for sure, this could uh, be a, yeah, this could be a part two because this mm-hmm. kind of just keeps going. So, um, what we've done is uh, we've collected a list, and how we'll do this is uh, I'll, I'll tell you what the movie was, and then who the actor is, and then who submitted that movie, and then we can have a little conversation about it. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. that sounds good to me. All right. So our first movie uh, submitted by Sam was Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Mm. Sam, you, you said that Adam Driver was a good actor in yeah. a bad movie. Yeah, so I, I just want to like preface saying I'm not a Star Wars hater. I'm not a Disney-era Star Wars hater. I think that's some of the most toxic places on the internet is people who just blindly hate anything Disney Star Wars. I enjoy the sequel trilogy. Rise of Skywalker is really the only Star Wars movie that I'm like, wow, I really didn't like that. I mm-hmm. think it was just not well written. Um, I think I'm not even going to get started. Um, <laughs> somehow, Palpatine has returned. Somehow he returned. Guys, somehow. We have don't have the time to tell you how. But I think even people who don't like that trilogy will... One of the constants is that Adam Driver was great as Kylo Ren. Um, and I think his performance in Episode Nine is still great, even mm. though I think that movie is an absolute train wreck. Um, <laughs> I think that the through line of his character arc, which his arc kind of just fizzles out at the end, which is one of my biggest pet peeves with the movie is that it's just like, this is by far the most interesting character. One of the most interesting characters in the nine star Wars movies, honestly. And then it just kind of fizzles out. But what's great is that, especially from what I hear with actors who've worked with him and filmmakers who've worked with him, he just commits to a level that once he signs onto something, he's going to give it his all. um, And you can feel it. Uh, in the movies, you can see it in his physicality when he's fighting. He's just like giving it, all, giving it his all. Um, and I think 
he did he I think he elevated what little he was given in that movie. Um, and it's really the only part that I enjoy of that movie. Speaking of the physicality, literally, I mean, as soon as you said that, like the the first thing that came to my mind, one of my favorite moments of the film is after he sort of like shed the the Kylo Ren persona and he's going up against the Knights of Ren as Ben Solo again. He has this great like shrug, like, all right. Yeah. And it's it's literally just like a, uh, okay, I guess about I'm to surrounded. do this. I guess I have to. And it's, and it's, it feels so good because it's just like you're watching a new character basically emerge from this old character we've been watching for three movies. And it's, it's such a good performance. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's not often that you have big blockbusters like that. I think a lot of times the ensemble takes over more than a particular performance, mm-hmm. but um, he, he really gave a lot of dimension to that character. Mm-hmm. Hey Sam. Yeah. What's your last name? Grafe. No. Oh, Solo. Yeah, there you go. No, Skywalker. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's Sam. Sam we can just Skywalker. erase all of that because that didn't work at all. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't <laughs> think it's too much of a hot take to say that Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready for the second one? I'm ready. The next one. All right. This one was uh, another one submitted by Sam. And the movie is Lincoln from 2012. Mm. The good actor in this bad movie is Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I've not seen this movie. Can I combine oh, yeah. this with, because I also submitted another Daniel Day-Lewis pick. Can I? Uh, s- that's the next one. So that's Gangs of New York. Yeah, let me just go okay. ahead and match those two together. So Daniel Day-Lewis, commonly regarded as one of, if not the greatest actor, definitely living right now. Um, one best actor three times and went into retirement like a baller. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, I genuinely think his performance in There Will Be Blood um is the greatest performance I've seen by an actor. It was one of those that like, I saw the movie and was like, wow, that was a really good performance. And I that was the first thing I'd ever seen from Dale Day-Lewis. And then I went and saw him in an interview and I was like, this is the same guy. Like, not just the accent, the the vocal range changes completely. Yeah, <clears throat> Everything about him changes. Mm-hmm. That being said with Lincoln, he, not that we have video records of Lincoln, but I completely bought that he was a completely different person. Same with gang- Gangs in New York. He's by far the best part of the movie. Lincoln, he's by far the best part of the movie. Lincoln, I probably watched... It's a three-hour drama um, history biopic. So it's not... It's already like not necessarily the most engaging or exciting thing to watch, but I, I think I was probably like 13 or 14 when I saw it, and I was bored to tears. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd find some things to appreciate about it, but it it was... I, I've it's rare that I've been that bored in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time he's on screen, he's fantastic. You can't take your eyes off of him. Felt the same way about Gangs of New York. I think Gangs of New York may be my least favorite Scorsese movie. I know there's people who like that movie. Um, I don't hate it. It's just, I I didn't really enjoy it. But he's so good as Bill the Butcher. Yeah, that's actually, so weirdly, I think the first Daniel Day-Lewis performance I ever saw was in uh, was in Lincoln. And I'm like, he's great in this, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, pretty dry movie. Um, and then I only recently tried to watch Gangs of New York, did not really enjoy it. Yeah. Didn't make it very far in even, which is pretty rare for me. But I was like, this is a lot of movie for me to not enjoy it. Yeah. But his performance is fantastic. It's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the few things that I was like, okay, I get why people talk about this movie. So that's another thing, another time where he's just completely different. Like he, sure. he hasn't played anything like Bill the Butcher. And it's, it, I'm trying to think of a good comparison performance, maybe like, it's not exactly the same, but something like Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. Sure. Where it's just like, 
the psychopath that's like, you can't, you sh- definitely shouldn't be rooting for him, but it's just like, man, he's so compelling and charismatic. Yeah, unhinged and to- charismatic is is like, I feel like that Nightcrawler comparison is very interesting. Yeah. Kind of can't take your eyes away. Yeah, but I, I don't know if Daniel Day-Lewis can deliver bad performance. I haven't seen tons of his movies. I've probably seen four or five, um, but he's by far the best part of those two movies. Well, you just mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal, but you'd also submitted uh, a Gyllenhaal film, which was Velvet Buzzsaw, mm. 2019. <laughs> yeah. Velvet Buzzsaw, so interesting Nightcrawler. So that's written and directed by Dan Gilroy, who wrote and directed Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. So this was their second collaboration. Um, wow, Letterboxd does not have a very good rating for this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a Netflix original um, great trailer. The trailer was fantastic. Um, that character that, if, if I can remember right, Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name is Morph Vanderwalt or Vanderbilt right. or something. Vanderwalt. That's something like that. There's um, no R, but yeah, that, the I think I gave the movie like one and a half or two stars or something. And I want to say that like, I gave the movie, if I gave it two stars, I gave one star for Gyllenhaal's performance and one star <laughs> for like, the f- three times in the movie where it committed to its concept and wasn't just like super annoying and obnoxious. You gave it one and a half. Okay, well, <laughs> I was not as generous as I thought. So um, you gave him one star and the concept one half star. Yes. <laughs> so the character is super amusing to watch. He has hilarious lines. He's just like a an uber pretentious art critic, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know many other people who've seen it. I'm surprised you've seen it. Yeah, I was actually really excited about it. I weirdly like I'll say this. I totally agree. It is not a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's a movie that knows what it is. What the problem was is the trailer seemed and if you watch Nightcrawler and you go, Oh, same, you know, director, you kind of come Your into it with are pretty high. <laughs> it is it is designed to be a pretentious art critic takedown in the form of a Saw movie, like yeah. or or even like a nightmare on Elm Street level that kind of movie. It is it is not a like highfalutin movie by any stretch. It is it is silly, unabashedly silly. And like, I I like it for that, but I'm also like, yeah, I, there's a reason I nobody think, liked it. I think <laughs> that was the thing. In it now. That's yeah. the thing is like, I, I really liked the concept and like deconstructing these super pretentious art critics and like, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. Watch the trailer that like people start getting killed. But like, I felt... I felt like that was 10% of the movie and the rest of it was not that. Yeah. Um, there is one moment, I don't know how I remember this because I think the movie came out like beginning of 2019. So it's been three years at this point since I saw it. But there's a scene where um, Jake Gyllenhaal is at a funeral with um, Rene Russo. They're sitting there and it's somebody they know. So like, this should be pretty sad. And the casket gets like, is walked up to the front and he's like, Oh, that wood is so last season. Yeah. It's just like it's he has moments like that where it's just like because <laughs> it's Jake Gyllenhaal delivering it, he makes it interesting and he he gives the character a very unique persona. And it's the character is by far the thing that I remember from that movie. Everything else I just kind of forgot about. He seemed to be the only one who knew he was in a comedy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's all I have to say about Velvet Buzzsaw. I yeah. really never thought I'd talk about that movie again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, fair yeah, enough. This was the the best opportunity then. So, uh, the next movie also submitted by Sam. Man, I didn't know we were going in a row. We should have mixed this up a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, 
that's a note to keep for next time. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you said the good actor was Robert Pattinson and the bad movie was The Devil All the Time. Yeah. So I don't think The Devil All the Time is a terrible movie. It's just really messy and like overly complicated and long. It's one of those where it's like you follow, you bounce around between time periods and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, they all converge to tell a bigger story of how all these people have been interconnected the whole time. And that moment is fun. Like the the moment where in the third act, everything comes together because that's just like a natural catharsis moment where, okay, now I see why I've sat through all this. But just leading up to it, not, none of it was compelling enough. And I think from what I remember in my review, I compared it to like a Tarantino movie where you're, all the characters aren't necessarily great people, but they're, compelling enough and charismatic enough or they have a certain trait about them that like you enjoy watching them and it felt like this movie was a um a Tarantino movie that took itself like super seriously and was devoid of any kind of like personality hmm. where it's just like all these people are just none of them are good people and so I don't enjoy watching their stories and it's like it's a pretty long movie I think um but Robert it's Pattinson Robert Pattinson is this just like crazy, zealous Southern preacher who's a horrible person. He's a terrible, terrible person. I, he's like scum of the earth, but he's he he really um, goes for it. Um, and so all of his scenes are the best scenes in the movie just because he like commands the screen. Um, and it's it's just fun to watch. Yeah, the last line of your review on Letterboxd for this movie, you say, Robert Pattinson is simultaneously the best and worst part of this movie. (laughs) If you've seen it, then you know what I mean. Yeah, he's a terrible, terrible person, but by far the most fun part of the movie to watch, which is kind of the common thread is like, if the actor really commits, like it'll at least be fun to watch their performance, whether the movie they're in and supporting is good or bad at least this part of the movie is fun to watch. Yeah. I, I know that that, that movie is based on a, a novel, but for me, it's like you you can't just take a movie uh, from a book and then like think that it's okay to have a narrator. Like mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't be telling me what's happening. On Does the Tom screen. Holland just, narrate that? Uh, no, the, the author of the book narrates it. Oh, snap. Weird. Uh, Which like is that. fine, but... Any time that a movie has a narration, I just knock a star off immediately. <laughs> uh, we're ready for the, the next one? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever see Devil All the Time, Micah? No. I, I It was one of those that was like the big Netflix, you got to watch this because yeah. it's got all the actors in it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Netflix says, you got to watch this because it's got all the actors in it, I go, this is not going to be very good. Exactly. It's what Red Notice is. Like, it's, a, it's usually like those kind of serviceable, like it's not a terrible film. But it's, it's just so bland. They just give all the money because it's like, I don't know, we're, we'll get everybody attached to it and that'll be fun. But I have heard good things about Robert Pattinson's performance in it. So. Yeah. I don't, I guess I'd say it's worth watching for him if the rest of the movie wasn't just so like drab and like borderline depressing. Can I ask this question? Yeah. How are the accents? They're fine. Okay. Uh, Robert Pattinson's accent is amazing. Oh, yeah, good. He, yeah. like, he goes for it. Nice. Again, like I said, it's so he's like super, super Southern. I've been watching Reacher on Amazon and it's Georgia accents that are not Georgia accents. Mm. And I've been, it's made me like way too conscious of fake accents oh. right now. It's been in my brain. I th- yeah. Another standout performance, which 
it was just a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it took me a long time to even realize that this was him. But Steba- uh, Sebastian Stan yeah. is in this yeah, yeah. movie. But I didn't recognize him because he, he's like a fat cop. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't really remember him that much. I, I, all I remember is that like Robert Pattinson is like mm-hmm. in your face. Hmm. Well, the next movie is actually another Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh. Uh, but it's a combination. So this one was one that I submitted. Uh, and I'm calling this one my hot take. So it's <laughs> Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart in Twilight. Mm. Uh, those are just terrible movies. I yeah. wish I'd, I've been trying to watch Twilight for so long, but nobody ever wants to watch it. Correct. <laughs> like, I want to watch it to make fun of it, but n- nobody can even like, you're not going to like watching it to make fun of it. I, okay. So I, for the came out and, you know, it was this big sensation in the, in the, the girl I was dating at the time was like, well, we got to watch it. It's supposed to be like kind of hilarious. And I was like, all right, it's not that kind of watch. Like you really can't have that much fun watching because it is, it takes itself really seriously. I mean, the only thing that still kind of is hilarious is some of like just the, the logic of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, uh, you know, Chris Ellis, Yes, sure do. Um, so Chris Ellis uh, and his wife Stephanie, we they they had been trying to get me to watch Twilight mm-hmm. for a long time, and I came over to their house like they were really excited. We got thirty minutes into this movie, and I was like, "Guys, I cannot do this. Can we go to a bar?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it really is not like a, you can't hate watch that one, enjoy it. It's it's just not that kind of movie. But I do agree, like. I think they are doing the best with what they're given. I mean, it is two characters that are not there. I mean, they're not on. They're not there on the page. You know what I mean? Like in the book, it is based on. You can't be like, well, the books, but no, it's not. It's just not. So they're doing the best they can. Uh, Robert Pattinson. I don't know if this is his choice or if it is just what is the director was like. This is what it is. Is his like reaction to her is literal like looks like I'm about to vomit mm-hmm. like at your presence, which I it's a heck of a way to start a romance, you know. <laughs> there is so much staring. Yes, lots, what, lots of lots of eye contact yeah. with no dialogue. From what I've heard about Robert, what Robert Pattinson has said about Twilight, because he's been doing interviews recently, because Batman marketing is sure. ramping yeah, up. Yeah. Um, he said when he got Twilight, he was like, he read it as like, okay, this is going to be uber serious like they're so in love that like they can't even talk to each other like he mm-hmm. wanted he wanted to take it super seriously and make it this super emo thing and so he was doing that as he was shooting the movie and like halfway through he was like I'm pretty safe like I'm filming this movie and then his agent flew down and was like hey you need to stop what you're doing and do the opposite by lunch otherwise you're gonna be fired by the end of the day oh no and so he like went back to went back after lunch and was like hey guys like and started acting fun or whatever and then he said it was kind of ironic because by the end, the whole franchise is kind of known as this emo, yeah. <laughs> like dark thing. But apparently the studio really wanted him to like be having fun with it and stuff. Well, one of the things that makes Twilight such a bad movie, and, and this is coming. So I just saw Twilight for the first time. All, I watched all of it last year. Mm. Uh, they're not good movies. I don't <laughs> recommend them. In high school, I read the books cover to cover. They're not good wow. books, but <laughs> they, they are addictive. But the... Uh, there's a, a plot point difference, and, and I'm going to be that guy and complain. Be like, that guy. It, it doesn't happen this way in the book. So <laughs> there's uh, there's Sam. Since you haven't seen this or you haven't read the books, right? Oh, you're looking at your phone. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll I'm here with you. The uh, Bella 
is Kristen Stewart's character. She's out in the parking lot and uh, there's like a, a, a an icy uh, something on the... Or, yeah. I have not... Okay. I'm, You're just thinking on it? Okay? <laughs> it's just I'm in your brain. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm losing myself. <laughs> it is kind of late. Um, okay. We're going to cut all this out. So, <laughs> just all of the... <laughs> Bella is in the parking lot and... Uh, there's somebody driving a van and mm-hmm. there's like something that he's, the van starts slipping, coming towards her. Uh, so in the book, uh, Bella actually hits her head. Um, but Edward, the vampire, still uh, is able to like speed over and stop the van with mm-hmm. his, his vampiric strength. In the movie, there's no head trauma and they go out of their way. There's the, the doctor who's also a vampire, just says like, yeah, there, there's no head trauma. And it leads to this really strange conversation where you have Bella and Edward and Bella's like, uh, they're they're alone. So she's trying to get him to to say like, yeah, what happened, what actually happened. And he ends up just kind of gaslighting her because he's like, yeah. Not, the, whatever you saw, like that didn't happen. You're crazy. And oh, <laughs> he just boy. leaves. And- God, just is healthy so romance, guys. So healthy. healthy romance. Yeah, we yeah I love that for teenage girls. <laughs> but I do think I don't. I don't. I don't know that I love Kristen Stewart in it. I don't know that anyone could have done better. I'll say that. Yeah, but I, but I do think his performance is good. You you do buy him, especially as it goes on. You do buy him as somebody who's like very committed to her protection and kind of views him as as sort of this like dark guardian of her mm-hmm. and I'm like you buy that which which again a lesser actor probably could not have pulled that off very well and I think he did the best he could with it I don't know well I mean with with her character like her character is meant to be just a stand in for the audience like, yeah you, you are Bella Swan you're supposed to fall in love with Edward yeah and also hunky uh, werewolf boys mm-hmm. hunky werewolf boys who just have endless supplies of jeans but no shirts <laughs> I am not team Jacob <laughs> I'm team leave this theater <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next movie uh, was another submission for me I call this one an esoteric submission <laughs> this is uh, Florence Pugh is a good actor in Malevolent which is a bad movie so I call this one esoteric because I don't know that you would be able to appreciate uh, how Florence Pugh elevates the movie with her performance. Hmm. If you hadn't also seen uh, her mainstream work, uh, that would be Little Women, Black Widow. Um, what was the other big one? I mean, Midsommar, obviously. Oh, yeah, Midsommar yeah. oh, yeah, is mainstream. Uh, and then... Um, Wasn't she in a Macbeth adaptation? So it's not an adaptation, no. That's uh, But that that... The lesser known, it's like, I guess, more indie, uh, Lady Macbeth. Uh, mm. she, that was the role that got her into Midsommar. Gotcha. Uh, and she's great in all of those movies. And Malevolent is just not a great movie. Uh, but I was able to get through it because <laughs> Florence Pugh is there for me. So thank you, Florence Pugh. <laughs> Good work. Thanks, uh, Flora. Have you guys seen that movie? No, I've not. I, I haven't even heard of that. I, I think, literally had I to make it Netflix. not malignant in my brain. I was Same, like, it's yeah. not yeah, that. I thought it's it was that, that too. Which yeah. malignant is a better movie, which is still not also that. <laughs> um, okay. The next one 
This was a submission for me. is my modern submission. The good actor is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. The bad movie is Snowden. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. not good things about Snowden. I forgot about that movie. Um, I, I had a little letterboxed review about it. I don't, I don't know that there's a really easy way for me to find that. But I, I just had a lot of trouble with the, the narrative because it made Edward Snowden's story out to be this sort of like rom-com. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he's not that interesting of a person. <laughs> uh, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt brought some levity to it and I, I appreciated some- his work. Nice. Joseph Gordon Levitt, <laughs> levity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I'm I doing like. with words. <laughs> I never play with my words. <laughs> um, so you said that you've only heard bad things about it. That means you haven't seen it. Like, I've not seen it. No, it was it was one of those things that came out, and I was like, I'm curious about it. But it kind of you know how it is. There's there's time periods where it feels like a lot of dramas and especially like a lot of dramas with one man's name yeah. like and it, it just kind of fell into a crowd for me and yeah. just slid by yeah, that was an Oliver Stone film if that helps yeah. of course it was that yeah. sounds just like an Oliver I haven't seen a single one of his movies but that sounds exactly like an Oliver <laughs> I've, Stone movie. I've seen a couple and I'm not impressed <laughs> yeah alright the next uh, uh, submission this was my new release uh the good actor is Riz Ahmed, mm. and the bad movie is Encounter. Oh, what is that? It's a Prime Video sci-fi thing. Mm, I think it was a, a Prime Video original. He's great though, Jen. Like, I yeah. Mean. So I'll just read the description. It says a decorated Marine goes on a rescue mission to save his two young sons from an unhuman threat. Oh. As their journey takes them in increasingly dangerous directions, the boys will need to leave their childhoods behind. And so I, I like. Is it, it it is like his father and his two sons, and they um, there's this interesting idea that they have of like this virus that is is a contagion, um, but the way that the narrative actually unfolds, I just did not really mm. care for it because it, it it has a confusing message about like mental health. Weird, uh, but Rizomed did a great job. Uh, he. He does have like a good relation, a good chemistry with the the, the two boys who played his sons. Hmm. So, I, I remember seeing the trailer for that, or seeing marketing. I was like, "Oh wow, this! I feel like this would should be getting more attention." And then, like immediately, just started hearing bad things about it. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna. I have too many other things I need to watch before the end of the year." So I didn't. I didn't watch it. I feel like there's. I mean, there's just been so many like direct to streaming sci-fi. With it's like a drama with like a sci-fi, but there's a sci-fi twist. There's a lot of those. Yeah. So even reading that, I was like, I think I've seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that movie. I've seen that movie. Interesting side note. I heard somebody recently say like, kids nowadays like aren't gonna know what made for TV means. No. Like they're gonna be like, oh, like like a straight to Netflix movie, and it's like no, like. Made for TV or made for DVD is a very bad thing. Like, yeah. objectively, like that's probably where it, it's it's a bad movie. But now it's like you kind of have to if it's going straight to Netflix. Like, it could be great. It could be Marriage Story. That's or true. It could be Devil All the Time or Velvet Buzzsaw. It's like you never know. So it's just like those lines are being blurred. It's very strange. It is pretty weird. Paradox. Oh yeah, Cloverfield. I heard Paradox. that was terrible. Well, very, very terrible. They I, absolutely ruined the franchise. Yeah, they they literally. They just decided not to come back with that. Did you ever see Overlord that was supposed to be 
mm-hmm. the next one, Overlord's incredible, and you should watch that one day. Mm-hmm. That it was supposed to be the follow up to Cloverfield Paradox, and they even reference in Cloverfield Paradox. It's like demons in the in in the like they literally were like that's what this is, and then. And then they were like, no, this isn't, you know, that, that fake name that we had for it. It's still called that. Just mm. go see it. And nobody saw it. And I was like, dang it, this is such a better film. Mm. It's just the, it's the reality is like ne- everybody has Netflix or everybody has their dad's Netflix and, and can go watch it. So that's the one people saw and it was not good versus I'm like, there's still, you could mine that and get some good stuff from it. But well, those are Probably movies did. that are irredeemable. They don't have any good actors. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, this is another submission from Sam. Uh, you listed two good actors, Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield and Emma Stone. And oh, yeah. 2012's The Amazing Spider-Man. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say also Amazing Spider-Man too. Um, just kind of going back to the like, they're by far the best part of those movies. Um, I think the support has been seen now with No Way Home coming out and people giving so much support to Andrew Garfield and especially um, the scenes in which he's able to kind of, his character is able to redeem himself and Mm -hmm. not redeem himself, but um, redeem mistakes he feels like he's made in the past. Um, And I just remember, even as watching those movies as they came out, um, being like, why do I care about the relate like I'm a kid watching a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. It should not be the best part of the movie, but it it definitely is. Like their banter. Um I, I've heard people complain where it's just like it feels like they just hit record on the camera and told the actors, hey, we're going to lunch. Like just <laughs> talk to each other, like be awkward teenagers for 30 minutes and we'll come back. Um I can see that complaint, but also like it totally gives off the that awkward feeling of like trying to talk to somebody when you kind of have a crush on them and it's like mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Um yeah, I, I think, and the emotion hits so hard in the second movie. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to give a spoiler warning. It's you've yeah. whatever. <laughs> when Gwen dies, it's like, whoa, that's a genuinely incredible scene. Like, yeah, I think that's one of the best scenes in any Spider-Man movie because Andrew Garfield just demolishes it. He's so good. Um, and I mean, he was the best actor in No Way Home. I, I've uh, said for yeah, a long I time. I think we're lucky in that we have well, we, we've or had, Zendaya. Literally. I think Andrew Garfield's better. Uh, I, I've like I, I'm. I think we're really lucky in that we've had three Spider-Men on screen, and all three of them are great in different ways. I have also said for a long time that I think Andrew Garfield's by far the best actor to have ever played Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the best Spider-Man. That's up to your up to opinion, but I think I think he's the best actor. If you look at his movies outside of Spider-Man, he's so good, um, and. Also, just hearing how he talks about the character of Spider-Man, how much it means to him. He really, really wanted to do that character justice. And it's interesting now that he's he didn't really talk about it a few years ago. It's only in the last couple of years that he started to open up about it because things didn't end well with the studio. Obviously, his franchise got cut off at the second movie and he basically got fired. Um, so he wouldn't really talk about it for very long. But um, now, obviously, things have opened up. But... Like one of the best scenes in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the scene where the kid, this little kid who keeps showing up in the movie gets backed into an alley by a bunch of bullies and they like knock his science project down the ground and break it. And Spider-Man just drops down the alley and like tells the kids like, hey, stop messing with him or whatever. And then picks this kid's project up, fixes it with his web and then puts his arm around him and just like walks down the alley and keeps talking to him and the scene Mm -hmm. ends. 
Turns out that was Andrew Garfield's idea. Like that wasn't scripted. He was just like, hey, I, th- I think we need something with Spider-Man like being Spider-Man. That's cool. And then he talks about No Way Home and literally all my favorite moments in No Way Home are things he came up with. <laughs> I just think he has such a great understanding of that character. Um, and then specifically Emma, him and Emma Stone's dynamic in those movies, I think really saves it from being just like kind of a really bland, bland movie. There, to me, there's this really, really cathartic moment that I'm not going to spoil in No Way Home, but there's just a scene with somebody falling that is sort of a, yeah. a a play on what happens in Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Gwen. And I literally like felt my heart like, yeah. I, I and I don't, I have my feelings about No Way Home, honestly, that are separate from that. But this scene, I felt like my heart kind of go into my chest in, a, in an interest, crazy way. And it really was like, oh, that's how effective... Amazing Spider-Man 2, that scene was mm-hmm. for them to be able to sort of replay that in a in a different light, but almost shoot it almost shot for shot at that beginning part. And for me to like feel that tension all over again was pretty amazing. I was like, dang, yeah, that's that tells you that that movie had more success. From what I've heard Andrew Garfield say, he has said that that scene was like the first full scene that was pitched to him because they came mm-hmm. to him offered it to him and there was no script yet because it was still so up in the air as to whether people were going to do it. But um, he was like, that was the first scene that I was like, okay, like that's too like thematically just perfect. I yeah. can't not do this. Um, yeah, that scene is, I think everybody, even if you don't like No Way Home, that scene is so cathartic and perfect. For sure. Keeping on theme with another Emma Stone movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my last submission on this list. Uh, she's a good actor in Easy A. Which is oh, yeah. a bad movie. Yeah. I know people who like this movie. I haven't seen it. I know oh, there's some plenty people of people who love, who love that movie. movie. Yeah. I've actually had somebody come up to me and she was like insistent. She's like, you need to do a film club event and watch Easy A. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a little bit of like a weird like sleeper hit for a minute there. But yeah, her performance is great. Like she is very charismatic and she's just an engaging person to watch yeah, she's in that movie. A great actress. But um, but honestly, yeah, there's there's not a lot for her Mm-mm. in it. She just makes a meal of it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually skipped one. So here's a movie from Sam. Mm. Uh, Sam said that Lupita Nyong'o was the good actor in Us. Yeah. So I want to clarify. There was it. Was, it was hard because like I don't. I pick my movies that I'm going to watch pretty sparingly. If I know there's a movie that like has mostly bad reviews, or mm-hmm. I think I'm not going to like, I don't watch it. Um, so there's not just tons of movies that I'm like, this was terrible, but that performance was great. So this is more of one that, um, I think the movie is just good. Um, and I also think it's a really underappreciated performance. So that's more of why I put it on this list. Um, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o and Us. The movie is, it's a fun watch and it's definitely like, it, it, kind of blows your mind and then the more you think about it, you're like that doesn't really make sense you have to take (laughs) so many leaps for it to make sense Um, but she plays two roles essentially Mm -hmm. Um, the whole concept of the movie is there's this family and then their doppelgangers show up and they're just kind of a slightly twisted version of the same family Um, and then obviously more unfolds but um, she does this complete vocal change for the Mm -hmm. um, doppelganger Uh, version of the character Um, and I just I was kind of surprised she didn't get like any awards attention that year yeah Um, I do know it was interesting because she does do this voice and you have to be really careful with that 
um, because I heard that there were people in some audiences who like people would start laughing when she'd start talking, which is unfortunate. But like, that's kind of you have to toe a line really carefully. But I think sometimes like laughing <clears throat> is uh, a reaction whenever you're like uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Horror, horror is an easy one to to laugh when you when you feel something. And that is like you're right. The voice can be unsettling. And so I do think some of the laughter is, it's easy for people to be like, ha that's silly because it is unsettling. It's, yeah. Especially when you've been watching mm-hmm. one per- version of her the whole time. And yeah. Well, so in addition to, uh, she's got this great vocal range. Uh, she does a lot with her eyes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that. Oh yeah. That is so, it, uh, the, the, the doppelganger uh, character is, is very, very freaky because of those eyes. Yeah, but then also the other character she plays is just like, it's just a regular mother. Like she's just a regular person, but she plays it with like so much sincerity. But then once you are, once you are like informed on what is happening in the plot and if you go back and watch it again, it's like you can see her play it in, a, in several scenes, the way she's playing it um, behind her eyes. It's like you can see yeah. her true intentions and thoughts and things like that. Um, I think, the, I, I agree that this movie should be on the list because it's not like it's not Jordan Peele's greatest work. No, I think, he, has two, I think he has two movies. Where where it struggles, uh, or where I struggle to say it's a good movie is mostly because he emphasizes like symbols mm-hmm. way more than the plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think um, there's some get cool- out. There is like a good balance. Yes. Right. Agreed. Agreed. I, I do think one of the the cool things to me about that is once you it's it's you know it's kind of got the same thing with Shutter Island has to be where once once the sort of twist is revealed it does make some of the things that have happened earlier in the film more interesting mm-hmm. and I think there's something to her physicality early on that you can watch and then go oh wow that's that is suddenly way more interesting than you'd expect yeah I think um, that. Uh, I completely blanked on what I was going to say. <laughs> I had like a whole thing I was going to say. Yeah, it's gone. Okay. We can do the next movie. Yeah, let's do it. So we're finally getting into Micah's submissions. Yeah. So, get ready, y'all. These are uh, the good ones. Bob, Hos- <laughs> Bob Hoskins is Bob the Hoskins. good a- actor in Super Mario Brothers. Which Super is Mario Brothers, movie. the movie. <laughs> wow. Um I so this is one of those. If anybody, I'm gonna show my age in a crazy way, but like if y'all remember the blockbuster video days where you'd see like the the cover and be like, man, gotta get that. That this was like the movie when I was a kid that I was like, gotta get Super Mario Brothers. Of course, it's gonna be great. Look at them on the cover, so cool. It is a terrible, ridiculous movie, but Bob Hoskins plays it like Mario shouldn't maybe never be played and yet it's perfect for the movie he's in is legitimately like I am too old and too tired to do this thing. I'm a plumber from New York and why am I in this crazy mushroom kingdom? <laughs> Meanwhile, John Linguizamo is just is like, Mario, you gotta see this thing and it's terrible and and he's just going, Luigi, like stop doing it. He literally just is like a pissed off brother because you would be. And it's such a good performance that it it holds this insane, insane thing together. And he just delivers like a hundred percent. And there's some scenes where he's like, gotta like basically like 
seduce this weird like nightclub mm-hmm. owner lady <laughs> and he plays it so good like it's so, there's so much physical comedy in his performance that I'm like truly like that movie is unwatchable without him and he's so good in it <laughs> I don't know that's all I have to say is Bob Hoskins is yeah the I just didn't appreciate what they did with the, the lore oh yeah it's of, nonsense like, there's, man there's no, nothing connecting it to the games really Yahoo! <laughs> yeah they don't even do that Oh man! They got a bomb in it. That's about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's. About He's it. great in it though. I do, I do recommend watching it if you just want like a weird piece of like late '80s, early '90s, like just what am I watching? Back when you could make movies just as weird as possible, like mm. <laughs> studio films that were just insane, and he's just holding it down, man. Yeah, I'm kind of amazed. This one's got 1.9 on Letterbox oh. out of five stars. Fair. Yeah, yeah that's a big <laughs> yikes. All right, so here's another submission from Micah. Uh, the good actor is Daniel Radcliffe and the bad movie, Guns Akembo. Yes, so I will say, like, I I had fun with this movie. Oh, this is the one where he has gun, guns Yes, he literally is, it's it, it's Guns Akembo. Akembo is like guns in both hands. This is a movie where he is like a internet troll who has like the guys from the internet are like, oh yeah, you're gonna make fun of us? Well, we're gonna literally nail guns to your hands. <laughs> And so if you just viewed it as that, you'd go, okay, well, most actors are going to play like, oh, this hurts the whole movie. That's not going to be that fun to watch. So he sort of like plays like, eh, like <laughs> as if as if it's like, no, oh, that kind of hurts a little. Like having just literally like guns nailed through your hands. And then he's like, just on with my, the rest of my day. And it's really funny. Like he he sells it in the most insane way. And it is not a good movie. The action is fun, don't get me wrong, but like it's it's a dumb movie with a pretty dumb premise. It's just what if guy with guns in hands, <laughs> and it's it's pretty <laughs> he dumb. Can't drop them. Samara Weaving's in it, and she's pretty good, but also pretty terrible in a lot of scenes. And it's but he's the one who like his physicality creates humor regularly and he does some like things in the way he is a regular human in this insane world. So he's wakes up with these things attached to his hands and then just goes, okay, what do I do now? And so it's, it plays a lot on really just revolving around him going like, okay, how do I hide these things? How do I do regular activities through my day is where the humor really is in the movie. And then all the other stuff is just secondary to that. And it truly would not work at all if he wasn't the guy with guns on his hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's That's interesting. I don't typically think of Daniel Radcliffe. I don't think a lot of people do as like this great actor. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Ever since I saw that, I, I read the Harry Potter books first and then watched the movies. Yeah. And I, I'm rereading the books right now. I don't like him as Harry. I think he's good in the first two, first couple movies when he's a kid, but he just doesn't have like the charisma and the energy, which some of that could come through direction. But I just, I, I. They really should have cast uh, the guy that played Neville. Yeah. He would have been, been a better Harry Potter. Yeah. I, yeah. You I, just had no way to know what was going to yeah, happen. Exactly. Yeah. You can't, you can't. You gotta, he, he does fine job. It's just when, Harry's a very interesting character in the books, and to me, he he doesn't have much personality in the movies. But the I, things, oh, go ahead, sir. No, I was just gonna say, I think, but I do think he's great in um, Swiss Army Man. He's so yeah. <laughs> I'll say this: like Daniel Radcliffe chooses the weirdest movies now. He does. Which he's is like we talked awesome. about Dan Stevens earlier, but like um, 
so he chose like horns. He's amazing in uh, guns and Kimbo. Also, he's amazing in it, even though it's not a great film. Uh, there's one called what if that is literally like, Oh, this with Adam could, driver. Yes. It could I have been just it. like, Oh, you got to watch it. You're going to love it. Uh, I wanted to quote a line in it, but it has slightly questionable things. So I, I, won't. I know what you're talking yes, about. Yes. <laughs> you probably have seen that scene. Yeah. Uh, it got memed to death for a bit, but yeah. it's, it was called, it's called what if, which is again, like the most generic thing. He is great when he is allowed to just sort of be the, the guy in a, in a scene mm-hmm. as opposed to like, here's like a big flashy thing for you to do. He's just a really good, like real life performer. So I don't know if Harry Potter was necessarily the thing to put him in, right. but again, to be fair, that's a massive franchise to sure, carry sure, on your shoulders as a sure. teenager. So I'm, yeah. I'm not faulting him. I just personally, for me, that character in the movies is kind of two dimensional. Yeah, he's somebody again. Guns Akimbo is a perfect example to me, where it's like you you gotta like give him a project he can sort of sink his teeth into in in a weird way, like let it be eccentric and interesting, and he he's gonna bring something unique to it. And he's he does a lot of that in as as an adult doing films. Yeah. All right. Here's another submission from Micah. That's me. Uh, the good actor was Mel Gibson mm-hmm. in 2020's bad movie, Batman. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, a- is that? Santa Claus. It is Santa. Okay. And, and I'll say this, like I, I know Mel, Mel Gibson has got a lot of baggage, so don't get me wrong, but, but I will say there shouldn't have been a movie where Santa Claus has to survive an assassin hit. Um, why not? (laughs) It shouldn't have existed. He somehow makes that movie work really well. Um, he, so the whole kind of, premise of it is essentially like he's been doing the same thing for a long time. You find out it's subsidized by the government, <laughs> which is an insane plot point. And so like, he's like just trying to keep the lights on essentially. And, and so they're like, Hey, the U S government's basically like, if you'll make weapons for us, then we'll help you actually do this. And it's a crazy premise, but you really buy this as a guy who's like at the end of his rope, doesn't know what to do. And is just like, I care enough about, who I used to be that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, even though I don't believe in this. And it's crazy how good he is in this stupid movie. It's dumb. It is not a movie I can recommend, but Walton Goggins is good in it. And he's, he knows what movies he's in. And then Mel Gibson does not know what movies in. He plays it so serious, but he's great in it. (laughs) It's awesome though. Mel Gibson pops up in some weird stuff now. Oh yeah. I haven't really seen any of it. I just like every once in a while I'll see a poster. I'm like, Oh, he's like he's doing like small weird stuff. Yes, he does. That's that's one that is, yeah. Again, it's like a dumb premise that gets dumber with each thing they add. It it adds lore to it. I, I'll say this though, I do love a movie that goes. We're gonna just do crazy lore. We're just gonna yeah. like, and they dive into it, man. It's fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> All right, the next one. Yes, this one's from Micah. Uh, good actor Carrie Mulligan. Yes. Bad movie, The Great Gatsby. Yes. Okay. Half of me loves Boz Lorman and half of me goes, the man doesn't always know how to tell a story as much as just show a visual. Hmm. Um, Great Gatsby is one of those to me where it was like, if I had to hear Leonardo DiCaprio say old sport in the most like stilted way I've ever seen, look one more time. I would just explode because he's like old sport, ha ha ha, <laughs> and I'm Leonardo and Leonardo DiCaprio is a good actor. So what the heck? Yeah. So he's not good in it. 
he's Gatsby. He's the title character. Nick, the main character, Toby Maguire, is not good in it. Uh, I would argue like some fantastic people in Isla Fisher's in it. Um, oh gosh, uh, Joel Edgerton is in it. Mm-hmm. Great actors. They're all boring as mess to watch. It's literally like in service of visuals and nothing else. And yet Carrie Mulligan plays Daisy and is fantastic in it. You buy her as this, like both, both simultaneously, like the love interest that someone would fight for, for a, you know, a decade of their life. And also as this super vapid, like, Oh, I don't know. I'm just enjoying life and it doesn't matter. It doesn't, anything around me is just like, it's all frivolous to her. And she, her Carrie Mulligan's great in it and she just sells it all. And, and I don't, she's better than that movie. So much better than that movie. All right. Here's another one from Micah. Yeah. A good actor, Ethan Hawke. Bad movie, The Purge. Yes. So this is a recent discovery. I weirdly love the premise of the first Purge movie. It's a great premise. It's it's not a good movie, but Ethan Hawke uh, kind of blew me away. There's a part where they're in the middle of, of, of a break-in of their house and in danger, and people have threatened their lives and said, we, we can get in there. And he's the guy who sells the insurance policies for everybody. He sells the security systems that they use to protect themselves, all the wealthy people use to protect themselves during the purge. I loved watching in the middle of his wife going, they can't get in though, can they? And he goes, look, and he turns on the sales pitchy thing <laughs> that is fantastic. And he goes, there's no completely imp- imp- you know, un- unimpregnable uh, security system. You know, some of it's security theater. It looks impressive. So that's what's going to scare them away. And he turns on this like moment of like, oh my gosh, like it's so impressive to me because mm-hmm. you've talked to a salesman and you know the voice yeah. and he goes into it like as if, Nothing has changed for him, and it's such a good performance. And he also plays this, like, he's supposed to be, like, the, I'm the family man who really cares about the family, but he's also got this weird, like, power thing where it all revolves around him the whole time. He is so engaging to watch in that movie. It's not a good movie. And, in fact, I would argue there's some terrible performances in it and just and some stupid things that happen because you go, I don't know, I guess horror movies, so you got to do that. But he's really good in it. And so I almost think watch it just to see his performance. It's great. That's awesome. I'm, yeah, I, The Purge is one that I just missed out on and then never wanted to watch. Yeah, I, I weirdly, it was one of those, so like my wife hates horror movies. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when she's like got to go work and do something else, I just go, what's something I can watch that Gina doesn't have to watch then? And it's typically going to be a horror movie. And that was one that was like, that's eh, on HBO Max. They just added it. And I don't know, let's, let's see. And I was like, okay, pretty blown away by that. But that's the one good redeeming quality. Here's a fun one. Uh, another one from Micah. You said Geraldine Viswath, Viswanathan? Viswanathan, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's the movie Blockers. Yes. Which is a very <laughs> funny movie. It does it have funny moments. Movie. It's stupid, but it does have some funny moments. But here's what's so good about that movie. So John you, Cena literally sticks a, a thing up his butthole. He does. He does do pop, that. Beer, and they're like... And uh, that equals comedy, as we all know. Yeah, I'm laughing my head off. It's hilarious. Okay, so that is a movie that goes, here's what's going to be funny, is all the adults trying to stop their kids from sleeping with people at prom. And they're like, that's what the premise is, and that's fun. They obviously wrote one movie, and then somebody else was like, can I shove another good movie in that? And so... (laughs) Much like, dang it, <laughs> never mind, never mind, anyway, never mind. Uh, but so uh, Geraldine Viswanathan is uh, is 
John Cena's kid in that movie. And she is super commanding on screen. She's like, I had not seen her anything. Now I've seen her. There's a show called uh, Miracle Workers that she's on with Daniel Radcliffe. And she's great in every season of that show. It's a hit or miss show. She's amazing in it. And that movie, she's the most commanding presence on the screen. John Cena is somebody I can like in a lot of films, but like he, it's just a very like, stupid comedy when they're on screen and they're doing too much. It's like way too over like, ah, I'm doing wacky stuff. Mm. And she's somebody on screen who's funny because she's a funny person. And so everything she says is going to be 99% funnier because she's the yeah. one who said it. She's just fantastic in it. And it's, yeah, it's not a good comedy. It can be funny, but she's the thing that makes it like, oh, this is a way better performance than this movie deserves at all. All right. This was, uh, Another one submitted by Micah. Mm. We've got Denzel Washington, the best actor ever. <laughs> Famous. Bad movie is The Book of Eli. Okay. I haven't seen this one. You're fine. You're okay. It is it is an action movie that is literally built to go, just wait, there's gonna be a twist. Yeah, I do know what the twist is. Yeah, so. everybody knows the twist. That's all you know, because that was all that was worth knowing. But here's what I do like about it. You you buy him as it's it's a role that has been played 50 times by a billion different people as like drifter who is like got a particular set of skills and can, you know what I mean? Like, and he, he is that guy. He is, he is the guy whose sole purpose is to protect this one item, the book of Eli that he is walking with and has this book and he's trying to protect it. What is that book? Ooh, mystery. But, um, but he sells like this, like weird, like um, man on a mission, uh, that it it shouldn't be compelling because it is very much like a a boring character on purpose. He's he's supposed to be this man who's like walking alone in a wasteland who basically is like, I don't have a lot of hope in the world. I don't have a lot going for me. I just have this one thing that I've decided is my mission, and that's that's what I'm gonna do. But he's really weirdly compelling to watch in that movie. Mm. And uh, again, like it's sometimes it's just the physicality of him is you can you there's not a lot of times you can buy Denzel Washington as like a very like visceral fighter. Like you can believe he'll shoot a guy in a movie. Not so much that he'll be like, I'm going to like take out 20 men in a fight, but he, he somehow sells it really well in this movie. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not a good movie, but he's, he's just compelling to watch in it somehow. I don't know. Sam, is that one that you've seen? No, it's not. I You're seen fine. It. Okay. You're okay. Well, here's what the twist is. Don't you get Here's a one, two punch. Yeah. Uh, oh, so we've got two submissions, one from Micah, one mm -hmm. from Sam. Mm -hmm. But you both submitted the same actor, mm -hmm. James McAvoy. So He's Micah, McAvoy. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Micah said the bad movie was Wanted, and <laughs> Sam said the bad movie was Glass. You go first. Okay, okay. So Wanted was one of those, like, I, I don't even know if it was the early 2000s, but it it is an early 2000s movie anyway, which was just like, this action is so over the top. Is that when they curve already, the bullet? They curve the bullet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, Morgan Freeman in the trailer saying, shoot this mother effer. Just, <laughs> and they're like, that sells the movie. You got to go see it now. And hits a guy with a keyboard and it says F you in the keyboard. And you're like, okay, doesn't really make sense, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's a dumb movie that is, again, one of those where they're like, the visuals are so over the top that they're like, that'll be cool, right? Mm. It's stupid as a mess. But James McAvoy plays the guy who they basically go, oh, you're going to, because of like, 
your genetics, basically. You're going to be a great assassin one day. And you're like, this is really stupid. <laughs> but he's really good at it. And I don't, I can't tell you why, because everyone is bad in it. And is he doing something that different than everyone else? No, but he also plays it like you would if you were a guy who worked at a desk job and then suddenly we're told, you know, all that aggression you've been holding in the whole time, let it out, go insane, and you're going to be a great assassin. It's He feels like an insane person that was like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty crazy because he doesn't have a lot of movies where he gets to just like let loose in that way. And this is a movie that uses that weird manic energy he can have mm -hmm. super well. It's mm -hmm. it's a terrible movie. It's just <laughs> awful. But he's 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 good at it. In yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Glass is another one that uh similar mm -hmm. to us. I like the movie. Uh I it's it's Shyamalan. It's the last movie in the Unbreakable trilogy. I think it's now called the like East Rail 177 trilogy cuz that's the train I that refuse. Um so it's like, because it's Shyamalan, it has a twist at the end. The twist is not is not good. But the movie itself is really interesting. It's a really interesting take on a superhero movie, especially when it came out in 2019, when Endgame came out that year. It's like, let's just like slow it down yeah. and like make it super subdued. His performance, though, is unreal. Like... Mm. It is he's it's the same character he played in Split. It's he has DID, so he has twenty three personalities living inside his head that he, he'll switch to at any moment. Um, which is could both be like a really good thing or a really bad thing. It could be very like gimmicky, where it's like, oh, this is the character that does this. This is the character that does this. Um, but McAvoy takes it, and it's like each of these characters very much feels like its own thing. Uh, it's not like, here's the guy with the Southern accent. Here's the mm -hmm. guy with the British accent. It's like, so, some of the characters do sound similar, but after a little bit of him doing it, you're like, oh, wait, no, this is this person. Yeah. This is this person. When he's a nine-year-old boy waddling around on the ground, I'm like, yeah, he's, I buy him as a little boy. Or when he's being Patricia, this like really uptight woman, I'm like, yeah, sure. He could be a woman for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and the interesting thing with that performance is um, Shyamalan was writing that character and had McAvoy in mind, but I think he was still kind of struggling to figure out like what was the physical transformation going to be for these characters because like he can't always have a wig handy to like, <laughs> like how is he going it, to, it, it's just kind of a strange thing. If you're swapping like genders sometimes, like you're, the personalities are sometimes men, sometimes women, like how do you portray that physically? And then um, another bad movie um, that James McAvoy is good in, X-Men Apocalypse came <laughs> out where it's the first movie he goes bald as Professor Xavier and Shyamalan saw that, like met with James McAvoy after he had shot that and he had a bald head and he was like, oh, this is the way to do it. Just have him like be completely uh, like a clean slate so that all that can be projected on um, and he just like absolutely kills it. Split is, an act is a good movie. I yeah. think most people enjoy Split. Um, Glass, this is again more of like a bring awareness to the movie because I, I think it it came out uh, and got brushed off as by a lot of people. Of, oh, it's another bad Shyamalan. It's more of just it goes in an unexpected direction um, and it's a slow burn. Mm. But his performance is, it may be better than it is in Split. Like he just takes that and, and expands on it. He's, he's really, really good in that movie. And that's 
that's a performance that an actor just like probably dreams of. It's like, I want a performance that I can build that many facets into it, uh, but also have it be really nuanced. It's really good. Yeah, that can be really showy. Yeah, definitely. And and weirdly, like it, it I don't know. I hadn't seen Glass. I saw Split, but it, it really, I mean, I believe that he, would be able to kind of add to that because obviously you don't really get a sense of the character of the beast, but it's sort of like teased the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, I would, I'm curious to see it, but what works about it to me is that like it, it does, it, there's a physicality. There's all like the, the stuff you want to hear, which mm-hmm. is like his voice changes for this person compared to this one. His physicality changes. Like that's expected. Of course you have to do that. But what really works to me on that one is there's there's like a straight up belief and difference in terms of like wants and desires for each character that he imbues into it. Yeah. That I'm like, it's some of it's in the script and some of it is very much not. It's just you believe this person wants a different thing than that person. And it's just all performance, which is, I mean, it's impressive. Yeah, you can see when one of the characters has confidence in yes. an earning situation when they don't uh, just in his posture, the way he communicates through his eyes, it's like, this character is in control of the situation. Yeah. This character is not. Yeah, for That's sure. Really, really awesome stuff. Well, boys, that concludes uh, the the list that, that we had come up with. Uh, how did you guys feel about our first ever topical episode? I felt great. I think that's a that was a that was a fun one to talk about. I think that could also be expanded on. So yeah, you never know. that was a pretty fun one. There's there is no lack of bad movies with good <laughs> actors. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'd mentioned at the, the start of this episode that, that David Lewis had been a contributor. Uh, I, I will be taking his movies off of this list and, and keeping a record for those elsewhere. But you'll be, you'll be able to find a link to this list in the podcast description. Uh, this list will be hosted on Letterboxd. Yeah. Yeah, so go check out some of these movies and give these performances some, some of the credit they deserve. And y'all be sure to comment and stuff and all that and engage like so and we can subscribe. Like and subscribe. Like and sp- well, I want to I want to hear what David has picked out. So I would love to hear another one of these episodes, y'all. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe season three. Maybe season three. Whenever you know he's already had a baby out and, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, had time to to get acclimated to the world, get its vaccinations. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys luck, know this, but uh, yeah, parenting apparently takes a lot of time. Or something. No, it doesn't. That's a rumor. <laughs> yeah, I heard somebody say that baby, uh, babies are expensive. Oh, weird. Like, no, things are expensive. <laughs> the babies are actually pretty cheap. <laughs> babies are free. <laughs> oh. uh, All right, boys. Let's just let's just go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Signing off. <Good> gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Oh my goodness! You're all right. Micah. <laughs> just like oh, almost vomited water. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I think we're done. <laughs>